live on SENSA. Welcome to Eagles Radio. For Norma's homes, build a better life, and My Money House, get a financial health check. Visit mymoneyhouse.com.au today. Tuesday night, we are here at Studio Lumo, Lumo number one at King William Street. And it's all thanks to My Money House. Get a financial health check. Visit mymoneyhouse.com.au today. Paul Bonza and Luke Powell here for Eagles Radio. Powley, uh, welcome again. Another big show tonight. It is, Bonds, yeah. We've got, we've got some uh, diverse um, guests, I, I suppose you could call it. Mark McKenzie and Davina uh, Bennell, uh, who's one of our board members, and uh, really looking forward to having a chat to both of them. Yeah, especially uh, Macca, club champion, legend. Yes. Um, yeah, we'll yeah. see. Uh, yeah, see. We'll have a good chat to him, I hope. And, Get a little uh, bit of dirt off him as well, I think. Yeah, a little bit uh, Yeah, a little bit. what's going on at the Hawks. Yes. My beloved Hawks. Anyway, uh, you can be part of the show as well. Call 1300 736 736 or text us on 0427 154 166. We've got a $50 voucher for 722 for the best caller or text. Uh, great win on the weekend, Pally. Uh, the boys went to Alberton um, to play the Charlie Dixon Cup and uh, did a great job. Got the win, 11-7-73, defeated Port by 26 points, 7-5-47. Dan Menzel, four goals and and absolutely flying, Dan. Um, Joey, Joey Sinor was good, 32 disposals, seven tackles. Dylan Clark, the absolute tackling machine, leads the Sandville in tackles. 28 disposals, 12 tackles, and Sammy Rowland was really good as well down back. Yeah, look, it was a great uh, a great game. Uh, it's always one of those games. You're a bit um and an hour on how it's going to go. We had a few out and a few pull out before the game. Likewise, uh, Port mm. did as well. But, um, uh, look, the endeavour from our boys was terrific. And I think that it's probably a lot of the lesser likes that actually stood up as well, which was really playing down at Albert and uh, in you know, a real soggy, wet game. It was it was a terrific result for us and it really puts us in a good spot to sort of, you know, um, springboard into the season now. Well, it was a close a close contest for a half and, and Porter coming off a really good win at Glenelg as well, knocking off the base. Um, so their, their form was very good and to, I guess, hold sway and then just run over the top of them in the second half must have been very pleasing for Jade and his men. Yeah, it was. And look, we, we started quite well and then they come they come really hard in the second quarter and put a fair bit of pressure on us to go, uh, lead in. They were leading, I think, by five or six points at the break. And mm. um, once that rain come, it sort of probably balanced the game out a little bit and our boys really adapted to the conditions really well. And the fact that they were able to come back after Port had come at them, I think it was a real, it showed a real maturity of the group. And um, yeah, I know Sheeds was... Delighted with the win afterwards, and he was really happy with it. You know, especially a few individuals the way they played. And you mentioned Dylan Clark before; that was his best game for the club this yeah. year, and he's really starting to uh, to take off now. And even the likes of young Zach Buck, who you know has become my favourite player, and um, he's he was just outstanding on, uh, down back. And um, for someone his stature, he's he's really showing his wares, and uh, it's exciting to see. It's given Lockie Jones a run for the best mullet in the sample as well. I actually called that the other week when we'll call. <laughs> calling it out, Elizabeth. It is a fantastic head of hair. It is, yeah, and he, he's got to keep it now. He can't. He yeah, he can't, can't. Yeah, he can't let that go. <laughs> he's got himself in. The people, people. That's how people recognise him now. So, and yeah, I'm, I'm sure Lockie, Lockie, and him had a look at each other and acknowledged their looks. It's a bit like Paulie when he had the Viking look going, and then all of a sudden cut the hair short. What, what are you going? Who's this bloke? <laughs> yeah, it almost looked like a little baby. <laughs> Fantastic. Connor Ballenden continued his good form and improvement. 
And look, I'm a big fan of Mitch Hardy at half forward. The the work rate, um, the the way he breaks tackles, uh, yeah, very impressive. I'm a big fan of Mitch. Yeah, no, he's he, he's last probably he's probably last month. I reckon he's got to the point now where he feels really comfortable in in the side. He's he's got his position. Uh, it's his uh, it's his to lose now. I don't yep. you know he's not going to have that taken away from him unless his form drops um, or someone just you know comes out of the blue. But he's. Um, his toughness around the footy, his willingness for the contest, and the beauty that I like about him is he's a he's a midfielder who goes forward and can kick goals and kicks really good goals too. So he's, I think he's cemented his spot now, and um, having that extra bit of depth is is fantastic. And yeah, obviously Connor's been you know he just gets better and better, and um, yeah. I sort of hope hope he doesn't get too good that we lose him in the mid season <laughs> draft. But um, the likelihood, the you know, there's potential that could happen. But um, yeah, while we've got him, we've just got to. Um, yeah, get the best out of him, and he's certainly producing that. And I'm looking forward to when Redden or Seb come back into the lineup that he's just allowed to roam around that forward line and, and chop out in the ruck. I think that's where we'll see the true Connor Ballander. Definitely, yeah. It's uh, he's doing a bit of both at the moment. He's probably asked to do both roles. When we first got him over, it's like, you know we've got these two ruckmen. We'll be right. You just show your wares up forward. But um, yeah, I think that's and look we. I, uh, I think we may see a bit of that this uh, this weekend coming up. In uh, obviously Connor's going to play in the state game. Yes, we can actually see the damage he could do is just a, as a potential is just a, that one key forward. Um, so yeah, it's it's going to be exciting times. We just need to get those boys on on track. This is Eagles Radio, and you can be part of the show on one 736 736. Give us a call, Eagles fans, or text in on zero four two seven one five four one double six fifty dollar voucher to seven twenty two Bar and Bistro. Um, and uh, fourth on the ladder now, four wins, two losses, a uh, lot better than three and three. Uh, it's just a nice little, nice little game buffer there. It, yeah, it is. Um, you know, we go back uh, this time last year, we we're three and three, but um, yeah, I think it's it's re- really tight at the top. I mean, we've got three three teams on five wins and uh, a couple on four wins. So the next probably four to five weeks is really going to sort some teams out and. Uh, it's going to be a battle for that top three, but uh, we've, we've got that platform now and the form's starting to come up. Now it's just a matter of getting uh, getting some wins on the board again. We've got Mark from Grange on the line. Um, he's got a question for you, Pauly. G'day, Mark. Welcome to Eagles Radio. Hey, G'day, guys. Um, what's the Eagles going to do with their buy? They're going to have a bit of a training session or just have a, a week's rest? Um, uh, they're training tomorrow, just as our normal session. We'll have uh, have a session on uh, Wednesday night, and then the boys have got a bit of a break, um, just to refresh yeah. refresh the legs and get back into things, and then yeah, back into it on Monday uh, Monday uh, afternoon, uh, leading right. into the Friday night game against Adelaide. So it's a yeah, good time. And uh, I'll ask you one more question: yeah, Where do you find all these players? You've got scouts around the. Uh, the amateur league or country area. I just know how does it work with the West Torrens? I'm oh, sorry, with the Eagles. How does it? How does it? How does that all plan out when you find players? It's amazing. Every year, West Torrens. Here I go again. The Eagles find players. How does it work down at Eagles? Can you tell me? Uh, yeah, look, it, it's a range of things. We've got um, we've got a great network, not just around Adelaide, around Victoria. Um, it's you know uh, we're going to speak to one of our guests uh, coming up soon, Mark McKenzie. He obviously gives me a, a fair bit of intel as well. But um, I think over a period of time, you, you you gain a fair bit of networking through different people, ex players, uh, ex coaches, uh, and. 
you know, you, you've also got to do a lot of work in your country and metro zones, and that 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 is a critical part, critical part of it. Eagle's got a fantastic setup. I mean, I just love it. You think oh, we might have a quiet year, but then pops up a Ruckman, then pops up a Rover. I thought, here we go again. <laughs> it's good to be an Eagle supporter, mate, and thanks for joining the show once again, Mark from Grange there. Um, yeah, it's, I think it's probably a, a good time for some of the players who got a few knocks just to have a, a, bit, of a bit of a rest rather than train over the weekend. Yeah, definitely. I think it's always good to have that little break. And we've played six games now and it sort of that one third of the season's already gone. And uh, to get those legs refreshed, obviously we'll probably have four or five of the boys playing state footy, but um, generally they'll back up quite well. But um, yeah, good time to get that uh, refresh the mind and um, hopefully yeah, they're ready to go. Go to the reserve scores from the weekend. They played uh, West Adelaide at uh, Hyacinth Stadium. Um, I was there for most of that game, watched uh, watched a lot of that. So, uh, unfortunately, they went down by 13 points to West Adelaide, 66 to 79. Lucas Cook kicked four goals after five the week before. He looks a player. He, he does. He'll take a grab. Yeah, Cook, he's, he's starting to put consistency together, which is good. He's Obviously, we spoke about, I think, spoke about him last week, a couple of weeks ago. He's just to continue that development, build that body up, um, Look, it's it's one of those scenarios that you know you want him to keep developing, but if he keeps knocking the door down, he he, he may get that opportunity soon. And um, now he was terrific, and obviously Connor McLeod as well had a had a great game as well. He uh, got plenty of the footy, and um, yeah, look, West seemed to have a bit of a wood over us at the moment. I think we've still got him another couple of times this year yeah. too as well, the way the fixture works. But uh, the boys are still going really well. Connor McLeod close to. Uh a league debut? Well, he's been at the club a few years now, but uh, he, he seems to be playing as good a footy as I've seen him play. Yeah, look, he is. Uh, and Connor's big thing is uh, having probably four or five games of those together now to really push that push that along. And he plays in that position where we've got a lot of those half-back, uh, running half-back wingmen. So, um, look, I, I think if he keeps going, he's definitely going to get a, a look at it. And let's uh, discuss the really good result for the girls. And it's been... It's been on the cards, but they had a big win over West Adelaide in their final game of the season. 7-9-51, they defeated West Adelaide 2-6-18. So a 33-point win. Uh, two goals each to the Derrick sisters, Mackenzie and Abby. And um, just congratulations to Narelle and the team. They're building something very special there, aren't they? They are, yeah. The girls, they've been... Um I mean, results have probably won one game in the last three or four weeks, but their last month's been outstanding. Mm. Uh, they've, you know, they've pushed both the, the top two sides. Uh, Narelle's put a great program in, and you know, it's taken a while for the girls to adapt. But the last month, what we've seen and how this program and structure is going to work is it's really exciting for next year, and we can't wait. And the club announced something very special today: is that uh, the medal for um, the women's team is going to be named the Christine Williams Medal after. Uh, our president. Yeah, it's the uh, Christine Williams Trademark Player of the Year. It's um, similar to what we have in uh, the men's competition, the Jamie Tape Award. It's uh, yeah. it's based on our values of the footy club. Um, we've got the four principles, uh, respect, family, resilience. And, um, it's purely voted by the players. They choose it every week. And it's I think it, it's just a great award for recognition for the players, but it's also a great recognition for Christine, the, the amount of work she's put into this football club. And uh, especially the women's program. I, I, I couldn't think of anyone more deserving than her. And uh, we were wrapped to um, have it named after her and uh, she didn't know about it. So that was that, even better. Oh, great. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. And uh, Amy Blandon um, uh, got that award. Yeah, so Amy's the inaugural uh, inaugural winner and obviously this will be 
petrol trophy as well. So, yep. um, yeah, Amy's probably, uh, you know, the journey Amy's had from uh, when she first started, she's one of the originals to, to start through the program and uh, no one's more deserving than her. All right. Uh, Pally, I'm really excited to get Mark McKenzie on the line. Yep. So we might take a break and uh, come back and speak to Premiership captain, five-time club champion. Yep. All the, the, all. the list goes on and yep. on. Uh, Mark McKenzie on Eagles Radio after the break. Live on SENSA, you're listening to Eagles Radio. For enormous homes, build a better life. And My Money House. Get a financial health check. Visit mymoneyhouse.com.au today. Tuesday night, Eagles Radio time. Paul Bonzer, Luke Powell with you. All thanks to Incredible Smiles. Missing teeth or dentures? See Incredible Smiles today. And thanks to BCE and CJ Electrical, proud partners of the Woodville West Torrens Footy Club. We have the man on the line. 214 games, two premierships, five-time club champion, premiership champion, club life member, sample life member, played for the state. He's done everything. His name is Mark McKenzie. Welcome to the show, Mark. Thanks, Paul. G'day, guys. How you going? Very well. Now, look, before uh, before I let Pally loose on you, how did you end up at the Eagles? Uh, yeah, looking forward to that from Luke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, a little bit different. I'm uh, so originally from Victoria and um, grew up playing uh, in the TAC Cup, or the NAB League, as they call it now, and lucky enough got a chance as made an annual to um, come over to Port Adelaide, so the power on the rookie list and uh, a little bit different to, to what it is now. They have a, a mini draft. So they used to, once players got drafted through the national draft and rookie draft, either the Crows and Port, they um, went into a little mini draft. So normally that might be about eight or ten players. And the SANFL teams then select out of that group um, in in January in the mini draft. And, uh, and that's the team that you get allocated to. So I think I went either last or second last in that draft that year to... Um, to Woodville West Torrance. I didn't know too much about the Eagles at all and someone just walked in and said, hey, you're at the Eagles and um, I knew they'd played my last two grand finals so I thought it'd be hard to, to crack in to get a gig but um, I couldn't ask for anything more. I was just thinking about those life-changing um, moments. That was um, fantastic to what it ended up being um, for me and my experiences there. So that's how, yeah, it's a bit different to what it is now but, um, you know, to go to the Eagles uh, then was fantastic. Now, Mark, um, how are you going? I'm good, Luke. How are you? Good, good. Now, mate, obviously uh, everything you accomplished, um, yeah, it's probably stands you in one of the best players that the Eagles have had. But apart from the premierships, what are some of your best memories at your time at the club? Well, I think probably um, early on uh, going to the Eagles, I think, and you probably don't realise it until you uh, finish up was just um, the group that they had there. I think, and we'd be the same. I think you were the, the year after, and guys like Pasador and those sort of things that, and Kimmy Inkster that came the year after as well. Is that there's a really good core group that that cared, were invested, um, and no matter where you were, whether you're an Eagles guy locally or whether you come from in a state, there was a group there that really looked after you and took you under their wing, and um, you know that group ended up being pretty resilient over the next few years after that. So you, you sort of miss that coming in and um, the events that you had back in the day and just the camaraderie and the, and the mateship that you, you ended up having from there that you sort of forget until you finish up. 
about how important it is for you. But um, a little bit of the training, I reckon, just the, the banter that you had of coming to train, looking forward to training and the routine, and it just suddenly ends. Um, so those are probably the things that you miss, not seeing your mates, you know, every couple of days and having that banter um, going on. But I think, you know, just first of all, that, that group that welcomed you into the footy club, um, and I think, Luke, you'd be the same, but we're talking about Gav Colville, Sikalala, Hawley, and um, Joe Pedler and those type of guys that sort of looked after and taught you the Eagles way. We'll have to get Hawley on the show. He's a big personality. I think we need to chase him down. Um, now, you, what about uh, you played against against some great players, played for a lot of time and through the premierships. Who were the toughest opponents for you personally? Um, I reckon the one that uh, I didn't play on him too much but was, was Corey Archie from Port Adelaide, Magpies. Um Probably um, didn't get the credit of just, but he was quite an amazing player and an amazing one-on-one. Like he had the strength. He might have been a tad under undersized because he played key position probably most of his career. But um, I played on him sort of once or twice, and just his ability to mark it or spoil. He had a good decision making in that aspect, but really strong and was able to stay with you in the lead. Not that I was any quicker or anything like that, but he was a um, you know really tough opponent to play on um, overall. And probably the players that. You know, it was always going to be important for, for teams that, that had big impacts folks like Jeremy Clayton. Um, again, another Port Magpies guy. But you knew that uh, if he had a big day, it was good, they were going to be very hard to beat. And he was, he was a, you know, really the best player on the cold there for a number of years. So, yeah, Archie is probably a, a really hard opponent. But um, Clayton has been one of the best players coming through. You don't, you don't need speed, mate, to play the game as long as you've got agility, which you keep telling us you had plenty of it. So, uh, um, um, went on your toughest opponent. Um, obviously, the clubs had um, you know some great players. Um, who, who are the th- three, four that stick out in your mind? And is there a game also on top of that that um, that really sticks out in your memory and, and why? But obviously, premierships aside. Yeah, premierships aside, with, with the games, I saw the ones that stick to you are probably the ones that you you had those comebacks. I think there was a few over the time. I reckon it was, if you correct me, Howard, but I reckon we had was it the Sturt final? I reckon two oh five maybe or two oh four that uh, I think Stokesy were there about six goals yeah. or something in the final, and Stokesy kicked about seven and come back from there. We had a, Nor- a Norwood game where we were struggling at the start of the year and we were down again by four or five goals. We come back at Adelaide Oval and won that game. Um, those are probably the games where you're able to, to come back and um, you know win those. Those are the ones that, that stick in your mind. And um, I was talking to someone today, actually, a South Adelaide guy in the past. And we, when we won the 2006 Grand Final, the next year we played South Adelaide round one down at, I don't know, was it Victor, Victor Harbour or something? No, Canterbury, I reckon. Yeah, Canterbury. In Canterbury, yeah, in Canterbury. And, we had we had a few injuries over preseason. You thought, oh, what's going to come out here? And and they were stacked. And we come out one about 80, 90 points. And you thought, geez, everything just clicked. And here we go. We're so glad it might be able to roll on. And then, unfortunately, we lost probably the next three or four games. So it didn't really work out for us that year. But probably one of the games that clicked was that one, which was a round one game. Um, but just everyone sort of fired. And um, so there's a few that, that stick out. But you do. Also remember those games that you you lose and probably the one at six to nine is that two thousand and ten Norwood final. That's probably unfortunately probably the worst memory. Yep. Uh, we had those couple of grand final defeats, obviously, but um, that one from being up by five or six goals and and losing the chance to to get into the grand final in two thousand and ten was a big one as well. 
Now, you had a recruiting... Sorry, cut you off, Mark. Uh, I just want to get on to your time at uh, the mighty Hawthorne Footy Club. You had a recruiting there and a list manager. How did how did you get into that role or how did you start in the recruiting side of things in football after after you retired or did you start before you retired? Uh, yeah, it's interesting. You don't really probably... Most people I've spoken to in the, in the industry, you don't really seek out to become a recruiter. It's sort of... Um, I mean, I started at the SANFL in a role there with Bretton Phillips and um, Darren Trevina going through for about six or seven years in the talent area there. So you, you, you looked after some of the operations of the junior talent program, so from under-15s to sort of under-20s. So you dealt a lot with the 16s and 18s state teams and, and you sort of dealt with a lot of the AFL clubs who, um, through the operations side, or even talking about players and um, never have even thought about it when I was going through about potential recruiting and then um, an opportunity sort of come out from, from Hawthorne who you dealt with a little bit through the work um, environment and they sort of come up with a role which is a bit of recruiting and um, development coaching of your, your first year players that you end up drafting. So you end up being a link towards the, the recruiters and the, and the coaches and it just, um, yeah, it was a really exciting role. It was a big decision because I think I was about 29 at the time. I really still wanted to play at the Eagles. Uh, I was grand you had another year, but um, yeah, sort of just didn't plan or didn't, you know, look at being a recruiter or anything like that. But sort of the opportunity, you know, came up and um, opportunity to get back to Melbourne as well. So um, very thankful to, to the Hawks back then to give me an opportunity. What Mark doesn't tell you that when he uh, had the interview for the job, we're on a footy trip after 2011. <laughs> so we had to quickly jump off the pl- jump off the plane and straight to his interview. And yeah, thankfully we hadn't started before then. But uh, um, yeah, nice little story that one. Um, hey mate, yeah, well, obviously I think it was I think it was lucky. It was about eight o'clock in the morning. Yeah, or nine o'clock that's in the morning. true. So thank God we hadn't started at that time. But uh, no, that was pretty funny actually. Apparently saved me. Oh, actually, I did. Yeah. Everyone, so it was good <laughs> yeah, we had a. About, uh, I reckon there's about 15 of us walking past the cafe and I can see Mark in there and I thought, oh, yeah. we better keep going here. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, hey, mate, uh, obviously Sam Mitchell's uh, taken on the role uh, this year and has done, done a really good job. Um, how, how closely are you working with, with Sam and you know, is there regular catch-ups on what he, obviously you look after list management as well. Uh, is there any sort of catch-ups you have with him to sort of see where, how things are going and what he's expecting? You know, we have a list management committee that probably catches up every two weeks. And um, obviously with um, a few of us sort of being uh, in the role just only recently, um, with Sam in that and, and, and myself in that list management position as well, who joined as general uh, manager of footy ops as well, um, only in the last 12 to 18 months, is that we, we regularly catch up. I think you'll find that some might be you know, every sort of month or six weeks, but because we're sort of newish to those those positions, we, we try and catch up every couple of weeks in regards to how things are going and, and certain items there. But um, as soon as Sam came in late last year and it's confirmed, um, it was great to have him involved. He needed to be involved in um, especially the recruiting asset, but see as much as he could a part of the processes. So then he can work out later down the line, what do I need to be a part of, what don't I need to be a part of, that, you know, I um, say and have thought on, um, what we need. Um, he was in a number of interviews, tried to raise up a little, little bit of the players. He, he thought we were very boring at times, us recruiters, <laughs> asking the same questions. So he tried to raise everyone up and those sort of things. I thought it was a bit harsh, but no, nah, he was good. It was good to have him involved. And 
he does think about footy in different ways and challenges you and and that was the whole gist behind it to to get him involved first of all to get his thoughts on things and opinions but then also he needed to see um, obviously the different areas within the club and how they operate and then pick and choose a little bit about what he needed to put focus focus on or what he needed to trust us with uh, that potentially he didn't need to put his time towards. So, um, yeah, it's been great having him involved and, yeah, you'll have your ad hoc conversations, but probably every two weeks now we catch up. In regards to the draft, was there a, a player that you you got to Hawthorne that you thought you weren't going to get, like he, he drifted off in the, in the draft, or is there a, a little one that you sort of kept in your back pocket and you're going, oh, yeah, we got him, this is good? Um, off the top of my head, the draft's changed a little bit. So probably in my time, I've been there nine, ten years now. And at first, you had the draft where really you just come to the the draft. You had your list, and you were sort of hoping the player got through. And now, now the last three or four years, you've been able to trade pick, so a little bit more of a chance to um, you know move up the order or even move back and get some players. But um, probably why where they didn't have live trading, you know, probably James Warple was one that we thought. Um, we got him at P45, I think it was. And that was one that we thought was going to go a bit earlier. So it was pretty easy for us um, once it got to there. Not that you could really do anything else. You could call out some other players, but he was clearly next for us that we thought might be a bit earlier than that. Um, Warps had a really good 17-year-old year, so a bottom age year, and probably tapered off a little bit as an 18-year-old. And um, probably that range of development was going to be um, the question mark some might have, but... Um, yeah, for pick 45, he's probably the one that, that stands out. Um, and probably Mitch Lewis, probably getting him back at, you know, in the 70s was one that, as a tall, you didn't think that they'd get back to the end. And um, our first pick was 74 or something that year. I think we traded away a few picks, but it was good to get Mitchie back there as well. Mark, obviously, uh, I speak to you a fair bit on weekends sometimes. And just for the listeners <laughs> out there, it's... Um... No, you, you do uh, watch a lot of footy. I know there's some Saturdays and Sundays you're travelling to Bendigo, Ballarat to watch three games here and three games the next day. But um, what's, um, apart from watching so much vision and games each week, what's the, what's the most important thing you look when you're recruiting uh, a player to, uh, to Hawthorne? Now, I've also got Bonds, who's a mad Hawthorne man, so he, he wants yeah, his that's intel. Right. So I need, I need to know. <laughs> <laughs> you're doing a good job, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> well, Powley gives me a stick every every time I do on the weekend, so I don't ring, I don't ring him as much now, uh, especially after we lose. But um, yeah, hard one because there's not those, as we all know, there's not those one or two things that you, that you look for. But I think um, you know, competitiveness is the obvious one. Where they need to have a level of, you know, a high level of competitiveness, especially from various positions. Um, it might vary a tad, but um, that competitiveness overall, you, you like skill level, but you can get away with that a little bit, especially with the competitiveness of some. Um, like a bit of confidence, like inner belief in yourself um, as a player, because it is the one thing I learned, especially the first few years um, going downstairs over pre-season with the coaches and the environment, it, it is it is harsh. There's a lot of pressure that can come with, you know, being drafted, especially 17, 18 year olds. You need to have that inner belief in yourself, um, you know, have the ability to motivate yourself um, and handle what, what's next from that side of thing. But in the end, you need to have some talent. So that's the first thing we look for. We look at the talent, we draft players on what they can do. So on their um, strengths and, and hopefully where those strengths can get to. So, um, obviously, you can go on a little bit about uh, some players, but those are probably the main things overall. 
Now, Pally can't ask you the qu- this question, but I can. Um, with any players that are sort of on the fringe of Hawthorne, they look like they're not going to get another contract. Obviously, you point them in the right direction to uh, <laughs> the Eagles footy club in South Australia, don't you? Just between probably. you and I, Macca. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I can't remember. I can't remember. That. <laughs> <laughs> the last few years for all that sort of stuff. You've got to be, you know, look, in the end, the, the, what you do know about the Eagles environment, whether it was back when we were playing 10, 15 years ago, but uh, it is strong. It's a, it's a great environment down there. So if someone ever asks about it, uh, it's only positive, uh, <laughs> only positive things that come from my end overall. So hopefully, I do get a you know, whenever we can, we try and help out the Eagles every now and then. Fantastic, mate! Great to have you on Eagles Radio. I really appreciate the chat. Uh, we could go on and on, but um, um, uh, you're doing a fantastic job for the Hawks, and uh, great to have you as part of the show. Thanks for being on, Macca. Uh, beautiful guys, keep up the good work. We'll uh, we'll chat to you soon, Pally. Good job, mate. Well done. <laughs> See you guys. See ya. See ya. Mark McKenzie there. Um, uh, what a what a great player he was. Yeah. Like he, he just just an absolute. Like we we throw champion around, but he was an absolute champion of the, of the club. Yeah, he was. I think um, he. You know, we always talk about one of those players that should have played at the highest level. He's definitely one of those. Didn't have probably the the look of what an AFL footballer is, but definitely um, for me, um, I can't split. There's two blokes in that played the Eagles Footy Club that I can't split, and that's Sicker and Macker, and they're the best yeah. two players I've played with. And... There you go. That's all thanks to BCE and CJ Electrical for all your electrical needs and great supporters of the Woodville West Ryan's Footy Club for more than 10 years. This is Eagles Radio. Thanks to Incredible Smiles. Get a more permanent fix for missing teeth or dentures. Just check incrediblesmiles.com.au. Now, after the break, we're going to speak to a really interesting chat with board member Davina Bennell. On SENSA, you're listening to Eagles Radio. For enormous homes, build a better life. And My Money House. Get a financial health check. Visit mymoneyhouse.com.au today. Where else would you rather be than on Eagles Radio? Studio Lumo here on SENSA. And Eagles Radio is all thanks to Kirkbright Seafood. From the ocean to them to you. Paul Wanderer, Luke Powell with you. Pally, very important person to speak to now. One of the board members, uh, Davina Bennell, is with us. She's going to talk uh, well, a little bit about what she's doing at the club. It's really interesting. So, Davina, welcome to Eagles Radio. Thank you. Now, you've been on the board a couple of years. How did that come about and what attracted you to the position and and being involved with the Eagles? Yeah, sure. Um, So how that came about was um, a few things. So um, I had uh, built up some good uh, relationships with a couple of members on the board. Um, I'd been hanging around the club (laughs) a lot um, the uh, previous years and... Um, so I worked in a couple of other spaces as well and, um, a couple of board members, um, really had a look at, you know, the direction that, you know, they wanted to go in and, um, approached me and asked if I wanted to be a part of that. Um, after sitting down and having a chat and a coffee, um, some really good coffee, um, uh, it, it was a no brainer. I said, yep. I want to be a part of that. Beautiful. Now, Davina, it's Luke here. Um, one of your expertise is uh, you're so great through the uh, Indigenous Affairs um, and 
one of your main roles at the board has been to help put the club's uh, reconciliation action plan into place. Uh, just, can you just tell us a little bit uh, for the listeners what's involved in that and how that's going? Yeah, sure. So, um, uh, yeah, so I'm helping with their rec- or with the reconciliation action plan, which, you know, if you don't understand what that means, it just means that um, that the club has decided to um, commit to their cultural journey and to commit to building meaningful relationships with Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. So um, I am a part of, you know, contributing to that and also supporting our club um, and all members of our club in that journey. Now, I also believe uh, the wrap in place now is uh, it's the first of its kind in uh, Sample football, and uh, I believe the Sample haven't even got one in place, so it's nice to get one up on them too. <laughs> yes, um, from what I understand, uh, yet we are leading the way in um, commit- making a commitment to our Reconciliation Action Plan. Um, so we should be ready to launch um, soon. So watch this space. Um, I really want to acknowledge uh, the board and the club uh, for the support around that and um, more around um, the work that has been going on in the background. So there's been work um, happening for a long time um, with building relationships with Aboriginal people way before um, we developed a, a reconciliation, reconciliation action plan. I'm just going to call it RAP. Yep. Um, and, it, I mean, these relationships were there long before and, um, and, and now we get to share that through our, through our RAP as well. With, with the RAP, for some people that don't know a lot about it, is it, including myself, is it sort of a, a learning process for everyone involved with the club? Is, is that how it goes, especially the playing group, the coaches, the staff? Um, is, 100%. Yeah, is that when they come 100%. to the club, they're made more than aware of, of the plan? Yes. So um, as um, when, it, when we get to, um, when we get to um, publishing, um, uh, which will happen soon, um, it's in process, so they'll be able to see that. Um, they'll be able to access that as well, so they can see that. But they're seeing that already and not really understanding, even though it's, we've put it in a document in our plan, um, that these are the things that we're going to do. We, we've already been doing it, so you'll see those things on our social platforms um, in the cultural space that we've been doing already. And um, so we're kind of embedding that into our action plan and in the direction that we want to go in as well. So, um, you know, the reconciliation action plan is, you know, um, is really acknowledging our past and through education and understanding. And so we're taking those opportunities to, um, to, to learn and, you know, build relationships and it's a two, it's a two way learning. Now, Davina, I think we should also acknowledge uh, last year we had our um, our polo uh, tops designed for the board and some of our yep. players that were in uh, in Indigenous round um, and you were the um, designer of that. So well done on that. That's fantastic. Um, I just uh, let's 
try and get into a bit of you now. Uh, what interest? What interest uh, have you got away from the football club? Yeah, so I do a few things. Um, so um, I was an artist um, and very um, into um, arts of uh, of all kinds um, before I had kids. Um, and then once I had kids, I didn't really find the time. I was very busy. So it was like paintbrushes down and really didn't... Um, uh, that's what kids do. That's what uh, being a parent does to you. Um, but... Um, the passion has always been there. So, and um, it's very therapeutic to me to be able to share, um, to share, you know, my view and my cultural lens um, through my paintings. Um, so, outside of um, you know what I do um, at Eagles is. I try to, you know, connect with um, going back to my country as much as I can um, and, um, you know, finding time to spend time with my family and share um, as much as I can with them as well. Um, but um, also taking seriously um, being a, a role model and being a really good role model for my kids. Um, not only you know through work ethic and education um, but also through um, you know culture as well um, I work at BHP currently I'm a, a project officer there um, I would previously come from an education background with uh, working in GP training and um, uh, before coming to Eagles, I was actually in the netball space and I was coaching and I was on a committee there as well. So I've always been around governance. I've been doing governance for, for quite a few years. It's almost 20 years I've been in a council or a committee or a board. Wow, Davina, that's amazing. You've been, uh, you're a very busy lady. You mentioned your family there. Now, your son Deacon uh, plays for the Eagles. Are you a good watcher, bad watcher from the sideline? <laughs> that might that, yeah, yeah. Uh, look, I'm my son's biggest supporter, um, and uh, I'm both actually. Um, I find myself I, I'm one of those um, people that express their express their um, feelings um, physically as well. So you'll find me jumping out of my seat and waving my arms around and then, you know, I try really hard to contain myself, but um, every time he plays, I get so excited. <laughs> and that's the way it should be. Hey, look, it's been fantastic talking to you and congratulations for the work you're doing at the Eagles Club and for the for the Eagles to be the first to put a wrap in place, uh, I think it's hats off to the board, yourself, um, and everyone behind the scenes who's working hard on it. Uh, congratulations, and thanks for being part of Eagles Radio tonight, Davina. No worries. Thank you. Yes, Davina Vanell, a busy lady. She um, is, yeah. But I think uh, it sounds like the club's pretty in a pretty good position with her around the club. Yeah, she's fantastic. Um, as she mentioned before about the cultural awareness and um, – those issues, she's uh, she's fantastic to lean on to if there ever is those issues, and it's been uh, phenomenal for our footy club, and uh, we hope to keep her there for a long time. Moving into the final quarter after this, uh, we'll have the Good Life Injury Report, and we'll speak about what's coming up at the club. This is Eagles Radio. 
on SENSA. You're listening to Eagles Radio. For Normous Homes, build a better life. And My Money House. Get a financial health check. Visit mymoneyhouse.com.au today. Eagles Radio into the last quarter, all thanks to Normous Homes, building a better life. And now it's time for the injury update for Good Life Health Clubs. Good Life Health Clubs, achieve your fitness goals at Good Life Health Clubs. Pally, um, injury list is getting a little bit Going smaller. It's smaller and bigger at the same time. Yeah, it's, I think it's grown because there's a lot of tests. So, yes. But I think it's going to shrink over the over the buy. So, I mean, Jimmy Tumpus, Jared Allman, potentially Seb Gilhouse and... Even Troy Menzel may be a chance. So. Which is amazing. Oh, it, it's unbelievable the way I mentioned last week that we saw Troy running up and down the oval was sprinting. It looks, yes. It's amazing. So um, what about the big fella, Reddo? Uh, yeah, look, he's just probably s- slower than we would like. But um, okay. it seems over the last probably four or five days, it seems to t- uh, jumped over that hurdle. So we're, we're, on, we're on the run now. We're looking like hopefully... That three to four weeks, which has been sitting there for about six weeks, is going to actually be that three to four weeks now. And a little bit of bad luck for Clay Cameron. Straight back into the side and yeah, just a little hammy. Just a little niggle. And again, the bye will do him good. He missed last week. So he potentially may be after the bye, but probably one more. All right. Uh, that's the injury update. All thanks to Good Life Health Clubs. Enjoy the convenience of 90 clubs nationwide from just thirteen ninety nine a week. Visit Good Life dot com dot au now big news state game this week and we've got to congratulate the guys in the state okay. team connor ballenden joey Sinor, dan menzel zane williams fantastic for, for zane to make his state debut and uh riley knight who no-brainer yeah it's, definitely it's and killing uh, it and the great. coach obviously that's right and uh being the coach you can put who you want in so um <laughs> that, all, all those boys will play and they'll play well and um yeah <laughs> Yeah, and that was my fault. I forgot to pull that fader <laughs> down. I normally blame Ben, but that was my fault that time. Um, now, our first night game yes. is coming up on the 20th of May against the Adelaide Crows. This is going to be a good, a great game of footy. They're playing some awesome. some good yeah. footy under lights, Montaigne Care Oval. Why wouldn't you want to be there? Why wouldn't you want to be there? Sure. So it's 7.30 start on uh, May the 20th. Uh, been a fantastic show. We it could has. have spoke to both of those, our guests for a lot longer than what we did. Definitely, definitely. We've yeah. hopefully got some good more, a couple of good more ones coming up now next week. Well, we do, and uh, I'm, I just spoke to Kimbo before, and we think Kim Dillon might be uh, on the show as a former Eagle himself. Beautiful. See what we can do. This has been Eagles Radio.